Hello, listeners. My name is Lavender, and I'm here with Steve Pierce, who is a co-founder and the former executive director of Media Alliance, also known as the Sanctuary for Independent Media. He joins me now to talk about his time overseeing this organization and stepping down from the role. Steve, thank you so much for joining me on Hudson Mohawk Magazine. I'm excited to finally get to interview you after all my years as an intern and volunteer at the Sanctuary. Oh, yes. Glad to be here. You came into the role of executive director with a lot of previous experience. Um, So what were some of those significant jobs or roles that you held before uh, your work at the Sanctuary? Oh, well, of course, I'm very old, so that that's kind of a long list. Uh, but I started out, um, you know, way back when in college, uh, working at the community radio station that was based there. And when I uh, got out of college, I went on to work at a uh, community radio station in New Orleans, WWOZ, the New Orleans Music Station, which was just going on the air when I got there. I helped to get it on the air. And I worked also at the same time as a freelance journalist for National Public Radio and other outlets. And, um, you know, did a bunch of stuff there. I did studio, radio studio installations at community stations around the country, a bunch of different stuff. And I went from there to work in New York City at the um, Pacifica radio station, WBAI. And from there, I went to a community television organization called uh, Deep Dish TV. Uh, which distributed um, video to cable stations, cable systems all around the country. At a time pre-YouTube, it was hard to get um, independent media distributed at that time. And then I went to grad school at RPI and uh, ended up co-founding the Sanctuary. There was no executive director role. It was all a volunteer operation when we started. And over the past almost 20 years, uh, it uh, what was once the Hudson Mohawk Independent Media Center, a group of uh, anti-war activists and artists uh, who produced video, turned into the Sanctuary for Independent Media and has become what it is today. So that's the short story. Wow. So your your heart has kind of always been in this industry and a lot of involvement in radio and, and public media. Yeah, community media. Yep. I'll uh, make a distinction between public media and community media. Public media, you know, you think of national public radio, public broadcasting, which is, um, you know, more or less non-commercial, but not particularly community-based, although that's changing a little bit. Community media is really about um, giving people the skills to uh, create their own media, not creating it for them. Yeah, that's a great point and important distinction. So how did all, all those experiences shape your your progress at the sanctuary and what were some of the most important skills that you transferred from your previous work oh well that's a that's an interesting question um it's a lot uh i think uh i learned how to work with volunteers to a a large extent through my uh, work in community radio um it's a whole thing unto itself it's a it's a much different environment for for uh, unpaid people than you know going to work at uh even a public station where the roles are limited to answering phones during fun drives and stuff like that, not really creating media that's on the air. So at the sanctuary, pretty much everything that gets done is done by volunteers. Uh, there's a small staff of people who, you know, I like to think that we we get paid to do the work that nobody else wants to do that has to get done. And uh, the fun stuff gets left for, for volunteers as much as possible. 
Uh, so I learned that. I've learned a huge amount about everything in, in, um, in my work in community media because I met so many different people, people I never would have met otherwise for all different walks of uh, life, all different interests. So I've learned about um, music from my uh, colleagues and uh, art and politics and all different kinds of things. It's been a real uh, life's education uh, doing that. And I think that's one of the real values of community media is it provides a physical space where people can come together from wherever they're from and meet other people and work together to create uh, and make a difference in the world. It's one of the few places where people get together for a motive other than um, making money. That's the yeah. prim primary organizing uh, factor in our culture. And so the community media world has also been an outliner, uh, an outlier in that way. And I've been happy to be a part of it. I would have never met you uh, <laughs> if it hadn't been for this. Yeah, yeah. The that's great. So glad that you had those experiences and, and brought it to this organization. In, in relation to that, what's something that you wish that you did know when you first started out in, the, in your early days at the sanctuary as executive director and in your time in this role, what, what's been some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? Well, you know, I didn't start as executive director. I started as a as an unpaid volunteer. The group of people who started the sanctuary were originally oriented around, as I said, um, anti-war video. We were uh, a collective called the Hudson Mohawk Independent Media Center, one of, I don't know, almost 100 collectives like ourselves uh, around the world. We were working at a time in the late 1990s and early 2000s when there was a popular uprising against corporate globalization around the world and the indie media movement that we were a part of was was really the the media arm of that uh, of that um, anti-war anti-capitalist anti-racist anti-violence organizing so that's what we were doing we were activists that's primarily what we wanted to do and we we um, decided we'd start we'd um, done a bunch of different things we, we met for a little while um, at the YWCA and in, in Troy and different places and realized that we needed to have our own space. And that was one of the things that a lot of the indie media centers at that uh, time were doing, trying to create space. Um, and we, we had made some money from uh, creating a video called Independent Media in a Time of War with Amy Goodman of Democracy Now! Uh, at the start of the Iraq War, uh, when an anti-war position was uh, unusual. It seemed like a really great idea at the time for most people for us to be invading other countries in response to 9-11. Um, and so we put out this documentary and what we found was there's a huge outpouring of interest in it because people all over the country, all over the world were also thinking that what they were seeing in the news and what they were hearing just didn't make sense. It just seemed like an outrageous misstep. Um, and so they were interested in seeing the video and they were interested in, in joining up with other people who, who shared that view. And as a result, the video got out all over the country and all over the world, largely due to Amy Goodman's uh, constant touring and um, uh, selling them at events. And so the, with the money that we raised, we ended up uh, uh, renting the building that's now the Sanctuary for Independent Media. We figured we might make a go of it for about a year until the money ran out from the film. And uh, if you had told us uh, at the time, uh, and around 2000, that we'd be around in you know 20 years and uh, all the different things that we'd be doing, I, I would have said, you're crazy. There's no way we're going to do all that. So uh, I guess I've learned that nothing is impossible. It's difficult to predict the future. I mean, there's many different things like that. But uh, that. Uh, there's, um, 
you know, a lot of lessons along the way. But, um, you know, it wasn't like I got hired to be executive director. We sort of created, I was sort of the unexecutive director for a lot of that time and not really a role that I ever wanted to have. And, um, you know, executive director implies a top-down uh, structure, a corporate structure. Um, and in fact, nonprofits are, are corporations, they're nonprofit corporations. And we, we were a collective and tried to be non-hierarchical, and um, open uh, decision-making process. And so uh, the organization has evolved into a more traditional structure over the years, but uh, that's where we came from. And so what I've, what I've learned is, you know, the difficulty in trying to maintain an, uh, an alternative organizational structure in, a, in an environment where everything really is pretty corporate and top down, whether it's for profit or not for profit. So that's the challenge. And uh, that's that struggle is, no, is never done, I think. Yeah, that's good insight. So, so you would say one thing you learned is that you needed some more defined, per, perhaps traditional roles to to be successful. Um, I don't know. I think it was a matter of a constant struggle to avoid slipping into the uh, the track of uh, conventional, top down authoritarian structures. I mean, if you think about it, you went to RPI. Our education system is based on authoritarianism. You know, you're told what to do, you do it. If you do it, you do well. If you don't, you get, you know, bad grades or whatever. Uh, you know, I think the educational system, and I see that a lot working with younger uh, people in Troy through our youth programs, people in schools are being taught, you know, shut up, sit down, don't ask questions, do what you're told. That's the educational system. And it, you know, follows us through life. And so uh, trying to structure human activity in different ways other than being told what to do and then doing it um, is a challenge. And it's it's because it's not the it's not the uh, conventional wisdom. It's not how how society is structured around us. It's a constant struggle to uh, operate in a different way. So that's one of the challenges that uh, that we confronted over over time. The incoming executive director, Kristen KP Holler, she's going to be taking on your responsibilities. So uh, how will she continue to help the sanctuary grow and um, tell us about her and what the next steps are? Well, luckily, there's going to be an interview with Kristen, and so she'll be able to uh, talk about herself, which will be much more accurate than, than me trying to do that for her. But um, Kristen comes from uh, a background at the Albany Barn and the Electric City Barn, both uh, nonprofit art spaces. And uh, there's a lot of similarities between uh, what we've done at the sanctuary and what they uh, do at the barn. Uh, so I'm uh, really excited about bringing somebody in who has experience in um, you know, part of what we do and also who has um, a lot of enthusiasm to learn the other part. I don't think uh, Kristen has a lot of experience in doing media um, and that sort of thing, which has been a large part of what we've done from the beginning. But we've uh, diversified quite a bit. So it's an organization that's uh, media based, but we run. And so we have a radio station and we have, uh, you know, a video channel and do screenings and that kind of thing that are all what you would expect from a media organization. But we also have a uh, environmental justice center uh, down the street from our media studios. We have a wellness center for the neighborhood. We have an outdoor per performance venue. We have gardens. We have a lot of different things that we do. And some of those things are uh, going to be familiar to Kristen and some of them will be unfamiliar. And it's going to be exciting to see how she puts those pieces together. I think we we've developed a lot to work with over the last 20 years, and it's going to be great to have somebody who has a lot of energy and enthusiasm and vision for where we can go from here. 
So what are, what are some of the most significant or perhaps some of your favorite experiences in this role that maybe, you know, similarly uh, KP can look forward to? Well, you know, I, I, you know, for me, I came in with an interest in music and, uh, you know, a lot of the things we've done at the sanctuary over the past, uh, I don't know, almost 20 years have been uh, because I had a personal interest in it. So, uh, for example, I've been able to uh, produce a lot of jazz and African music concerts and uh, some of my, you know, lifelong uh, heroes have come to Troy as a result of um, the, uh, you know, opportunity to to host people in a in a venue um, like the sanctuary, we've uh, I never would have imagined it. I I remember that it was back in uh, gee when was it? Uh, can't even remember when it was. Sometime in the late 1980s, probably driving uh, through uh, Tennessee in my pickup truck and listening to Thomas Mafumo, the great Zimbabwean freedom fighter and uh, artist, and just you know just amazed by the music and the, you know, everything that he was doing. If you had told me that I would uh, meet Thomas Mafumo and have a chance to work with him, not, not just once, but three or four times, uh, I would have told you, you know, you're crazy. And yet Thomas came to the sanctuary and performed at our uh, 10th anniversary celebration with his band, the Blacks Unlimited. Um, And that was a fantastic show. We had uh, Salif Keita, another huge hero of mine, a global superstar from Mali and, you know, representing the best traditions of African culture and creativity. Um, he came to the sanctuary, Fatumata Diarwa, uh, Matthew Shipp. I mean, a lot of my personal high points have been uh, around music, but there have been you know, many other things as well. It's been great to put a radio station on the air, to build our um, outdoor concert venue at Freedom Square, the uh, turning an empty building on our block that had been vacant for 20 years into an environmental justice center. I mean, there's been a lot of highlights and I've met just such fantastic people and had a chance to work with folks who uh, uh, none of this would have been possible without. It's been a great community building experience and um, lots and lots of fun. If I had more time to think about it before you asked that question, I'd probably come up with a comprehensive list, but maybe this is more honest. These are things that fly off the top of my head and um, so they must be true. It's been such a, a long time of amazing events and experiences. It's hard to just, you know, pick out a few of them. Um, but luckily, they're all documented on the website. So I know we're kind of short on time, but there's so many, so many things that I and I'm sure others would love to know. Um, what, are, what are your next steps? I know that you're going to be hanging around in the interim to help KP out in the transition. And uh, I'm curious to know what what your plans are in going forward. And um, and finally, as a closing note, what would you like to leave our listeners with after this interview? Oh, okay. I'd like to, I'll start with the last one. I'd like to leave our listeners, uh, each of them with a crisp $100 bill, but sadly that's not gonna be possible. <laughs> um, so I'll just skip over that and say that, uh, you know, most of what I've done my whole life has been uh, things that uh, that I'm interested in. I, I feel blessed in that way. Uh, from time to time, I've gotten paying work uh, that allows me to do it, and sometimes not. But there really hasn't been much difference to me whether you know what job I have and or what the structures are of it. I've just been able to wrap uh, my interests around it all, and it's been very fulfilling in that way. So that I don't expect that to change because my job status is changing at the sanctuary. I'm, you know, I live in the capital region and i hope to continue being involved in whatever ways are possible i think i'll be working on uh, building out our new project the uh, capital region uh, air justice lab a network of uh, 
air monitors that we're deploying around the capital region. Uh, hope to stay involved in the radio station that we created. I hope to keep on doing concert uh, presenting, all those kinds of things. But uh, I'm going to, I'm just giving up the glamorous day-to-day uh, -day work of executive director and leaving that to uh, KP. But otherwise, I expect to be doing a lot of the same things that I've been doing. Maybe I'll have a little bit more time. I, I used to be an avid cyclist. I rode my, rode my bike across the country some years ago and I've uh, been uh, getting back on my bike and that's been really great. I've been having a good time with that. I forgot how much fun that is. Uh, doing long distance cycling. I'm going to spend more time with my daughter who needs a little extra help from time to time. And I haven't felt like I've always been there for her. So, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, basically, um, no big changes in sight other than uh, maybe a little bit more free time than I had before. Looking That's forward great. to it. That's great to hear. And I, I'm, I'm personally am glad to hear that because uh, it's been lovely getting to know you, Steve, and um, I hope that we can maintain a connection with you, you and myself, and of course the sanctuary uh, will always be here for you.